it really just comes out to the decision because there is a real estate investor in every single market, every single niche. They are probably crushing it at you know ridiculous levels, but there is someone who just chose that market, chose that niche. So as long as you make that decision on the market, the niche, the strategies that you want to implement, you will be successful, but you also need to round out the team as well to be successful. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to another episode of Weiss Advice. I'm your host, Yona Weiss. Excited to be here with another awesome guest, Jose Linares. I'm excited to talk with you today, buddy. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I appreciate you giving me the invite to add some value to your audience. This is great. Now, I love having conversations with fellow real estate investors, especially people who are, you know, kind of up and coming. What I mean by that is you've done deals, you know, for a number of years, but kind of growing and growing into bigger and better and scaling. And it's good to kind of catch people when they're in their earlier part of the journey before you get too big. And then you won't be able to come, you won't want to come on my podcast, <laughs> such a little podcast like this. I appreciate the opportunity. Why don't you give our listeners a little background, who you are, what your background is, how you got into real estate investing for context for our listeners who aren't so familiar with you. Yeah, absolutely. So born and raised in Chicago, went to Arizona State for my formal education, went back for a year, realized I really did not want to be in the cold and the humidity of Chicago and found my way to San Diego. So I've been in San Diego since about 2006. And I found my way into claims adjusting. I didn't have a good job lined up for that. So Claims adjusting is where I found myself. And then through that path, ins and outs of the insurance industry, I'm currently working for a commercial restoration company. That was my introduction to multifamily. Back in 2016, I started with them and finally started meeting and understanding the multifamily business model in 2017. Went down the Bigger Pockets rabbit hole. And, yeah. you know, no one's ever the same after Bigger Pockets. And here we are. Well, you know, that was, I was just discussing with someone this week on social media. There was a little, a lot of banter back and forth about bigger pockets. And one of the definitely the most popular real estate podcasts, like by far, there's not even a close second, you know, over a million subscribers, just unbelievable content around the world. People love it. But I would have to say, and I also, you know, got involved back in that, that time, also like 2016, 2017. And bigger pockets was a huge source of education for me as well. But I've found over the years, and not to you know insult bigger pockets in any way, shape, or form, be good friends with a lot of them over there. But it's changed a lot. The podcast back then, like pre twenty eighteen, I would say, was like really solid and very you know just educational. You know, really beginner stuff that people can just sink their teeth into and get inspired by. I think it's transitioned a lot, doing a lot of a little bit of different things nowadays. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, no, same thing. I think I listened to every single podcast to the date when I joined in 2017. One podcast on the way to work, one podcast on the way back from work. So it was definitely a lot of content and it was really good throughout the journey, at least to help me along my journey as well. Awesome. So when was it when you actually made that jump and invested in or bought your first property? So unfortunately, even though I was consuming a lot of content, I was lacking on the action part of it. So I found myself in that analysis paralysis stage for a good two and a half years. 
And I knew where I wanted to go. I knew it was multifamily. I mean, I was talking to multifamily investors daily for my W-2. But it was actually... There were two kick in the pants that I finally needed to actually take some action. One was going to the Bigger Pockets conference in Nashville in 2019. Mm -hmm. So I went there. That's where I met David Green and got invited to his mastermind in 2019. And the last, the second part and most important part was that our first son was due in November of 2019. And I realized I really need to make this happen because that was the whole purpose was to kind of set our family up for financial freedom through multifamily, but I wasn't taking action. So my, my son being born was that final kick in the butt to make some offers and make it happen. Yeah. And we all, a lot of us get stuck in that analysis paralysis. You know, it's so easy to just listen to content, consume content. And yes, I'm talking to you guys, listen to this right now. It's great, but you have to take action. You have to do something and you have to figure out really what it is that you want to do. Not everyone is meant to, you know, go out and buy, you know, multifamily properties on their own or team up with other people. Maybe you're meant to just passively invest, or maybe you're meant to, you know, broker deals or whatever it is, wholesale. There's so many different avenues you can take, but you do need to take action. So tell me, Jose, what was that first kind of action step that you took that led you to your first deal? So I would say the first action step I did kind of take prior to 2019, I met a property manager in 2018 at the National Apartment Association when it was in San Diego. I was working the exhibit booth for my W-2. And then I kept in contact with her. And she was based in Des Moines, Iowa, and kind of learned a little bit about the market. She introduced me to some brokers, some lenders. And then so by the time I was actually ready to make offers in November of 2019, I already had a few relationships established. And then I ended up seeing a portfolio at the beginning of 2020 that was on sale. And there were all four plexes. There was a five and a seven that was left in that particular portfolio after the rest had been purchased. And I called up Andrew Cushman and I asked him, I ran through the numbers with him on the four plexes. And then he basically gave me a tip that he doesn't even remember this conversation at all. But it was a pivotal conversation that he doesn't remember, but had such a big impact on my life that he just told me, he's like, Jose, everything that you've told me about your goals in multifamily, you want to scale and get to financial freedom. He's like, don't even look at the fourplexes, look at the five or the seven. It's one more unit higher. The minute you go to five plus units, you're in commercial space. You're going to build your track record with commercial lenders, commercial brokers, property managers, everyone. So that five will help you get to 15, help you get to 20, help you get to 100 and so on. So it'll make your scaling capabilities a lot better from that perspective. And so I took his advice and the seven made the most sense. And actually, that particular property and portfolio was owned by Terrence O'Doyle and his brother. Nice. Um, so that's how I got the introduction to Terrence and the Verico team also. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, I know they're very active, not only in Denver, but his brother's based in Iowa and Des Moines. So that's where you found that. So cool. So they were the sellers and you were buying They were the it. sellers, yep. And then they had a, another one that the broker had off market, that 15 unit that I purchased four months later from them. So I went from zero to 22 units in about six months. So it was a very, very quick ramp up period from that. Yeah. But also to be able to meet with and establish some credibility with the sellers, right? Who are amazing people, right? Terrence Doyle, we had on the podcast here. I was featured on his Bigger Pockets multifamily mentors podcast. You guys check that out. Big fan of his, but that's so cool that you're able to do that. Has that relationship with Terrence over the years, a couple of years that you've you know, since you bought those two properties, has that you know developed or you've been in touch with him? 
It has developed. So we actually launched our own master, our own multifamily mastermind back in October of this year, 2020, focused on multifamily. I flew out last year to for my interview on the multifamily mentor show as well. Nice. And we're working on some larger deals together in the 50 to 100 unit spaces. Oh, wow. So it turns out you started a mastermind together. So let me just get that straight. I don't know if I heard that correctly. So you started a mastermind together with Terrence? Yes. So it's the two of us leading that mastermind. So yeah, so it's, cool. uh, it's kind of come all full <laughs> circle on that. And yeah, I, I actually, I really loved your interview on the multifamily mentor show. Like that was probably the best cost segregation study, like breakdown that I'd ever listened to. I, Thank re- you very I think much. I, Hopefully my references to that video help your views because that that one was, I sent it to everybody. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's actually been a really big source of inspiration for a lot of people. I've gotten more feedback from that one podcast after having been, I've been a guest on close to 400 podcasts and I've oh, had wow. more feedback on that one podcast than I've had on all the others combined, just to give you an example, like how much I I've- think it. I think it's the face because they could see you on YouTube. So it's not just your voice. So it's true. It's true. You know, we walked the property. We did two episodes there. So there was a lot of fun. We were in person doing a, you know, interview in person in the studio and then going out in the field and touring the property. Never really did that before. So that was, that was really cool. So how did you even, I mean, to me, it's incredible just to watch that kind of develop. How did you pick Des Moines in the first place? Because it seems like finding that market and focusing on that market really led to everything. It really did. So I'm based in San Diego and San Diego is a very high price point. So to find anything that isn't a shoebox for like less than $500,000 was kind of pretty much impossible. So I was looking, so I'm from Chicago. My wife, she's actually from Iowa as well, about an hour Northeast of Des Moines, Iowa. So I was looking in Iowa, but I was also looking in Kansas City or Kansas and Missouri because of my time as a claims adjuster with farmers insurance and their catastrophe team is based on the Kansas side in Johnston County. So I was looking in all of basically those four areas, Mm -hmm. but it was really meeting the property manager at the National Apartment Association in 2018 that, you know, I'd read David Green's long distance real estate investing book. And I was like, well, that's one of my team members of my core four. Let me just round out this team. And she was the one who introduced me to the rest of the market. And I just decided that that's going to be the market. That's so cool. It's incredible. And it really just goes to show you a couple of lessons there for anyone listening to this. I mean, you have to pick a market or a couple of markets. And if the market that you live in is somewhere where you can't really afford to invest in, California is notorious for that, San Diego for sure. Beautiful place, love San Diego, but I would probably never invest there, right? But yeah. you have to find another place. And seemingly, you know, you're finding somewhere where you have some sort of connection to already. You know, your wife being from Iowa, having some sort of connection through your W-2 job to those locations in that area makes it easier. But you have to pick a market or a couple markets. And that's really, Absolutely. once you do that, it sounds like everything else really falls into place. Yeah, it really just comes out to the decision because there is a real estate investor in every single market, every single niche. They are probably crushing it at you know ridiculous levels, but there is someone who just chose that market, chose that niche. So as long as you make that decision on the market, the niche, the strategies that you want to implement, you will be successful, but you also need to round out the team as well to be successful. So cool. So you have 22 units. You're now in a mastermind or started a mastermind helping other investors scale up and to get out of that analysis paralysis, moving into more active multifamily real estate investing, doing some bigger deals you know, on the horizon with Terrence and his team. Just so, so incredible. Now, what does that look for you? What does that look like for you 
in you know the next couple of years? Like, do you have a vision? Do you have something kind of goals? Obviously, you, you mentioned back in 2019 with the birth of your first son. That's a driver. That's a pusher. That's something you know getting you to take that action. But do you have that kind of vision going forward, or, or any goals that you want to mention to us today? Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, I was never the same after finding bigger pockets. And I do attribute a lot of my strategies to like Brandon Turner, David Green, everyone who came before me, Andrew Cushman. And so one of the strategies that I implemented was the, you know, Brandon Turner's Rosie fourplex strategy. So basically the seven unit that I bought, I consider it my oldest son's property. And then Mm. in September of this year, I bought an eight unit for my youngest son's property because we have a six month old currently. Nice. And so now I have a seven. Thank you. Thank you. So now I have a seven and an eight unit for both boys. And the goal with those is to teach them financial education through a physical asset. And then we will, you know, I'll turn the 17 into a 15, the eight into a 20. And we will eventually combine them because I don't want one to say, well, my brother has an extra unit than (laughs) me. So eventually the goal is to combine those into like a family asset for just wealth preservation and generational wealth. And from that perspective, but I did find that there's a lot of inefficiencies doing it long distance. Me being in San Diego, the properties being in Des Moines, I didn't really have any boots on the ground with vested interest outside of just the property manager sure. and you know construction that they were helping to source as well. Like I would source my own construction teams, but it, I was relying a lot heavily, very heavily on property management. So in order for the best strategy for me to scale, I found was partnering with someone who was stronger in my areas of weakness. So I'm, I really enjoyed the front end of the deal, like mm-hmm. building the relationships to find the deal, the right. lenders, everything, negotiating, getting to closing, the asset management, construction, operations, which is the most important aspect of owning multifamily right. is not my strength. I have to just be transparent that it's not really my strength. So last year at the Maui Mastermind with Brandon Turner, I met my partner, Luke Hoffman, and he's on the eastern side of Iowa. He has 72 units on his own. He loves project management, construction, does a lot of DIY work himself, and he wanted to scale as well. And I was like, this is could be a perfect partnership right here. So we started the dialogue and we've been looking all year for that 50 to 100 unit range throughout Iowa. That's great. And it's really important to figure out what you're good at, but not only that, what you enjoy doing. Because yes, a multifamily property has many aspects to it. And we talk about a lot here on the podcast that it's a team sport. There are a lot of different people that need to make that happen to make a successful business. The operations, like you said, the actual asset management, the construction management, making sure it's profitable business is for sure the most important aspect to the the day-to-day getting those team members and setting things up, those are extremely important to get the deal and get the deal done, right? But once you get past that, you need to have someone that's managing that. So finding someone who can replace that or not replace that, but partner up with you to manage that and to grow, that's going to be your biggest strength is knowing where your weakness is or where what you prefer not doing. It doesn't necessarily have to be something you're not necessarily good at, but just something you don't like doing. You know, reading now or listening to, I should say rather, who, not how after, uh, after I think at least 10 times it being mentioned on this podcast as a paradigm shift book, as we mentioned in the final four, and finally decided, okay, let me let me just start it. I was actually waiting because someone was supposed to send it to me as a gift. So I'm like, I'll just wait till it arrives, you know, before starting. I'm like, nah, let's just hop in the audio book and I'll get the physical copy later and, and review it at that point. And it's, you know, knowing what you're best at and knowing where your weaknesses are and finding someone else who can partner with you to grow and to really become better at that. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about, what you've done. 
And so hopefully it turns out to be a fruitful relationship and a partnership going forward. You never know until you do your first deal together, but it's setting up the stage for that, that success. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I'm excited about it. And just like you said, even though you kind of stole my book answer as well, <laughs> but that is the book that kind of shifted it for me last year because I was trying to scale on my own. And I realized that for me to be successful at scaling, I needed to partner with others that were strong in my areas of weakness. Yeah. Okay. Well, sorry about that. We'll yeah. make sure we'll, we'll talk about it later. Also, it's good. It's worth it. I want to talk about one other aspect over here because I've seen you, you know, just crushing it on social media with the claims to fire, right? Claims to fire. It's such a great handle, such a great name. Or does that come from the, like the claims, your W2? Is that like, was that the inspiration for that? Or what is that? So the, that is kind of the initial inspiration. So for my W2 in restoration, a lot of my clients are, I started as a claims adjuster. So mm -hmm. that was one, but a lot of my clients are still insurance claims adjusters. So in order for me to kind of set myself apart during COVID, I started a monthly meetup and it was, and then I called it claims to fire. I called it financial independence through real estate. So to, you know, so my W2 wasn't thinking that I was just trying to retire in like the next year or so. Right. So, but that was basically the goal was how can I set myself apart from my company? Competition and talk to others about their long-term goals because no one goes to school to be an insurance claims adjuster. <laughs> I had no idea what it was. I was just looking for a job. They had an yeah. opening and it was a good fit for me. But yeah, I just want I enjoy talking to others about their long-term goals and it just happens to fit with what I do day to day. That's pretty cool. And I've met actually several other, you know, insurance claims adjusters in the multifamily, in the commercial real estate space who have gone into, you know, being more full-time in real estate investing. Because when you surround yourself, whatever industry you're in, not industry, but whatever trade you're in or, or specific job, and you go to these conferences and you're meeting up with these people and you're like, whoa, this guy owns like 300 units and he's he's just like me, like we're it's down to earth, you know? And yep. I could do that. If he can do that, I can do that. And I think it's really, once you're kind of rubbing shoulders with people like that all the time, like, why am I still doing this stuff you too? Like, what am I actually waiting for? Can do the same thing. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that actually reminds me. That was actually the push that uh, Terrence and Diana had to give me to go on to the multifamily mentor show because I'd seen everyone from season one, yourself, you know, with season one, season two, and then the lineup for season three. And I know you're going to be on season three as well. And I had to think to myself, like, who am I to be on the podcast for this recording compared to every all the other heavy hitters in the group? And they had to remind me that, Jose, you're do you're in that stage where everyone else has either been or currently at where you're working a W-2, you're trying to raise a family, you're trying to buy multifamily out of state, you're trying to make this happen. So a lot more people are going to resonate with your story than some of the other heavy hitters that, you know, are, are really big, but you really need to share your story. So I finally gave in and then we recorded last week. Well, good for you. That's awesome. Yeah, it's so much fun. I'm really excited for our episode that's coming out in season three. It's probably going to air by the time this actually episode airs. So guys, check out the Bigger Pockets Multifamily Mentors podcast with Terrence Doyle. So much fun. And I'm really looking forward to your episode also. It actually, I listened, that was definitely by far my favorite podcast as to listen to. And I, you know, I've listened mm -hmm. to tons of podcasts, you know, obviously sure. I'm a guest on, on hundreds, but, and I try to listen to a lot of them. But that was, I made sure to listen to every single episode and watch. And it's just so much fun. Such, such great energy. They Absolutely. do a great job with the video also. So I'm not being paid for advertising for them, guys, but go <laughs> ahead and subscribe to the Multifamily Mentors. Tell me more about, I mean, obviously you've used since your W2 and doing that, but you're still using your, you know, your Instagram, your social media to talk about real estate investing, right? Sharing your journey. Are you getting like a lot of feedback from other people along that way and, and maybe reaching out to you to 
figure out how to do it. Is that, I mean, just curious because like you said, you started this mastermind with Terrence and obviously you're continuing putting out content, like sharing your journey. So is that something you, you're getting a lot of feedback on? Yeah, that's probably been the the greatest benefit of putting out my journey and just documenting the process has been just the outreach from others and hearing like the impact that multiple people have reached out saying that they decided to choose multifamily because of the information that I was sharing, which I thought was phenomenal. Like, you know, I'm just sharing the information. And it's funny because you never really know who's listening right. or who's watching. People who have reached out to me directly... I know for a fact they've never liked the post, they've never commented, yep. never shared anything, but they're always watching and they they knew like every single post that I had. And what I think back to is how can I best serve the Jose from five years ago? How can mm -hmm. I help that person who's stuck in analysis paralysis? How can I help shorten their learning curve, help them build their team so they can take that next step? Because there's so much fear that goes into investing in real estate because it's new for everyone until you actually do it. But I mean, you can read as many, like we talked about, you can read <laughs> as many books, consume any, as many podcasts as you can. But if you're not taking action on the content, then it's kind of, you, you might as well read a nonfiction book at that point. Or fiction for that matter. I mean, <laughs> or, yeah, <laughs> a fiction book. <laughs> it's so true. We all get stuck in that and there's room for that, but you're absolutely right. You got to take action and we're just stressing it again and again and again, because it is so important. Jose, it's just such a pleasure to speak to you and to hear this journey. And I totally agree. Just, I want to hit on that point, just to reiterate that. I know there are, you know, thousands of people listening to this podcast and thousands of people, you know, connections and on the social media and stuff like that. And people t come to me all the time or send me messages or meet in person. And they're like, I love all your content, love all your posts, your LinkedIn. It's just incredible. And it's like, okay, but I've never, ever, ever seen you interact. So that's fine. Like, I totally get it. I watch other people sometimes too and don't interact. We all do that. I like to call them silent fans. You know, some people call them lurkers. I don't like that name lurkers. It has like a bad connotation to it. I call them silent fans, you know, and it's so great. I love the silent fans, but I also like the vocal fans, guys. So if you enjoy something, you like something, share it with other people, like spread the love. If you like this episode, go right now and, well, wait till the end of the podcast, but then go to your socials or to your email or whatever and just share this episode with one other person who you think might make a difference to. And you have no idea this could actually make a difference in another person's life, it can change the whole trajectory. You never know. So it's always good to share the love. So with that in mind, let's transition now so we like to call the final four, Jose, I know you did your homework, so you, you got a little prepared. We're not going to stump you with these. But first question to you is, what is the worst job that you ever had? So the worst job was a liability claims adjuster where I was evaluating people on their injuries in car accidents and telling them how much we were going to pay out on the car accident. Oh. It really did not sit well with me. My mother was in a car accident like a year prior to that. So I got the position and I quickly rolled into a different position after that like year mark. It just was didn't fit me at all. It's a kind of bad feeling. You know, it's like a little sleazy. It's not, you know, you're trying to help the person on the one hand. But you're kind of bound to whatever the insurance, you know, limitations yeah. are. But person's gone through trauma, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it's a hard position to be in. Well, yeah, I can't imagine that. Okay, well, I love to hear all these bad, you know, jobs because I know <laughs> if I ever transition from Coseg and real estate, I know what not to do. Right, three hundred fold. What is a book you've read that's given you a paradigm shift? That was Who Not How that we just talked about earlier. It was, I mean, Rich Dad Poor Dad was probably the first one to get me into real estate, but Who Not How was the mindset shift that I needed to partner with others to scale to the to where I want to grow into in multifamily. And it's so important. Sorry for stealing the fire 
earlier, but it's such a great book. And I mean, the fact that it had been mentioned so many times on this show itself just mm-hmm. goes to show you how many people, you know, I love to interview people who I, at least I consider successful real estate investors, whether they're, you know, in the early stage of their journey or, you know, many years into it or whatever, but having so many people mention that just, it stood out to me as something, okay, this is a must read, must listen, whatever you want to do. And I would recommend reading their follow-up book, The Gap and the Gain. That was a phenomenal book also, if you haven't read that one. Okay. Well, good to know. I think a couple of people mentioned that as well, but so it's on the list. We'll get to it. <laughs> Third question, what is a skill or talent that you would like to learn? So this is a little embarrassing to admit, but even though I'm 100% Mexican, I'm not fluent in Spanish. So with my boys being three and six months, I got some time to learn, but I definitely want to make sure that they are fluent in Spanish growing up. So I got to learn first too. Well, being in San Diego helps, right? It does. It does. (laughs) (laughs) Because I went to actually live in San Diego for three years, went to SDSU, but I forgot all my Spanish by the time I went there. (laughs) But it's definitely a place if you immerse yourself, you... That's really the key. So that's a good thing to know. Fourth and final question. What does success mean to you? Success for me means financial freedom and the ability to have that time freedom to spend with my family. So that's ultimately the pure goal with multifamily is to get it to a state where all of our fixed and variable expenses are covered by that passive income. And then I can you know, still focus on that. I don't see myself retiring early as FIRE typically stands for, but it'll get me to a point where I'm not stressed about finances and don't have to worry about living paycheck to paycheck like my family did when I was growing up. So that kind of gives me the peace of mind. And that's what success looks like to me. Yeah. And it's so important. I mean, we get this really the same theme of answer so many times, time and time again, because your time freedom and being able to spend time with your family, not having to worry about monthly expenses, like so many of you are, real estate is a great tool to get you there. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to retire per se, because if you're continue building that portfolio, continue building the business, you can really you know do so much more for the wealth building your family. I love how you mentioned earlier, buying those kind of legacy assets to, you know, to give over to your children and teach them about the business, teach them about financial independence so they don't have to worry about it growing up. It's amazing how what you can do, you know, one person can kind of just change the trajectory of the whole whole line. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, we mentioned earlier, Jose, but where can our listeners find you or reach out to you if they want to? You can find me everywhere on social media as Claims to Fire. And I also have a link in my bio to the Value Tribe if anyone's interested in learning more about the multifamily mastermind that Terrence and I have launched. But love to hear from everybody. So as you mentioned earlier, you know, feel free to share everything with your friends because you ultimately never know who will resonate with the story. It's so true. Well, I love that. It's really, really been awesome talking to you and excited to see where where this is going to take you, right? The claims to fire. We'll put that in the show notes. We'll make sure all you guys can reach out to us if you want to. And thanks again for joining me on the show. This has been awesome. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Flies by, right? But to our listeners, thank you guys for joining once again, all the way to the end. And remember, the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, 
please find me on LinkedIn, send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.